0: Welcome to the Go-to Wellness Pro podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you strategically grow a thriving and profitable health business online. Each week, we dive into new topics surrounding design and tech so that you can take action and have a brand and business you're super confident in. I'm your host, Julie Ralston, and the owner of Jules Design a website design studio who helps ambitious wellness pros and holistic business owners grow their brands through intentional design. To learn more about working with me, head to jewelsdesign.co. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Go-To wellness Pro podcast. You're listening to episode 39. And this week, I'm really excited because I'm talking with special guest Krista Gonzales. All about the five reasons you're not making more money as a health business owner. Now we really dove into this topic and Kristo was super passionate about it. I loved talking about it and we ended up chatting for quite some time. So I've decided to actually divide this episode into two separate episodes. That way you can really focus on the content at the beginning and the content at the end. I didn't want to overwhelm you with all five at the same time because some of the things that are mentioned in this episode and the next episode are really, really powerful. And I think that they can truly help you to grow as a health business owner and to earn the income that you desire ultimately, which is honestly what we need to Keep our businesses running and to run them in a way that uh, truly makes us happy and allows us to live the lifestyle that we dream of living. So on this week's episode, we're going to kind of start by covering the basics and kind of what to do if you're not seeing any profit after your first year or so in business as a nutritionist or a health professional. And then we're going to get into the first two things on this episode, uh, or the first two reasons why you may not be making as much income as you desire as a health business owner. So that's going to be on this week's episode. And then next week, we're going to cover the other three. So I encourage you to listen to both episodes. And I'm sorry, not next week, two weeks from now, <laughs> because there will be one more Um every other week podcast episode, and then I should be back to my normal schedule at that point. Okay. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's episode with Krista. Welcome to the Pro podcast, Krista. Thank you so much for joining me here today to talk all about the five reasons you're not making more money as a health business owner.
1: Thanks, Julie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk to your community about this particular topic. Yeah,
0: well, I'm really excited to jump into the topic today because I know how frustrating it can be after you've been in business for maybe six months, a year, maybe even a little bit longer, and you just aren't seeing the growth that you expected from your business. Um, But before we get started, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and how you help health and wellness business owners?
1: You bet. Uh, so, like Julie introduced me, uh, I'm Krista Gonzalez, and my company is now Krista Gonzalez Co. I know not a very interesting name, and I actually recently uh, did a rebrand, or more of a brand refresh. I was formerly making lemonade with Krista Gonzalez. That's now shifted to uh, just Krista Gonzalez being my own name and my own brand. So. Uh, I was a health professional. I started off with having my own fitness training company and an outdoor boot camp adventure company. So that was really my first kind of step or more like a big jump into the health and wellness industry. And that really got me fired up and gave me all kinds of ideas. And that led into my career and also my own uh, multiple business adventure into the world of nutrition, because of course, all of your fitness clients, well, they want to know what the trainer is eating and what they're doing, what their nutritional practices are. Mm -hmm. So that really just naturally led into my career and then my own uh, businesses as a holistic nutritionist. And I should say that once I got that taste of running my own business with my, my fitness training company, That that was it. I could never go back to the uh, sitting behind a desk nine to five sort of job. So I really had the entrepreneurial bug uh, early on. And so that's going back a good 15 years at this point. And so once I got into the world of holistic nutrition, um, through having sort of a clinical practice, an offline practice, and then uh, sidestepping into a a little... um, Smoothie, bar, uh, health food business, but let, let's not talk about that too much. It's, it's, it's still a little sounds interesting. Little, well, it <laughs> sounds interesting, but <laughs> once I was in it, I realized it was one of those business, um, I'm going to call it a mistake, but a mistake that, of course, it's a mistake. You learn from it. And so I saw it as a, a really big learning opportunity. Right. And, um, but it really was a, a part of the catalyst for moving my nutrition practice online. So, in navigating that offline to online, uh, it was my aha moment that I got a lot to learn. So, <laughs> part of the business journey, of course, was learning how to navigate the offline to online business. Uh, that transition was harder than anything I've ever had to go through. And I think it has allowed me to grow more, not only as a business owner, as a businesswoman. As an entrepreneur, but um, personally, I learned a lot of things about myself. What what I'm, what lengths I'm willing to, to go to, and I asked myself almost daily for a while there in that transition because I did find it so difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, what it, what is this worth to me? Does this business mean everything to me? And the answer kept coming back, yes. I have no plan B. This is it. This is right. what is going to work. This is what I'm meant to do. And ultimately, that has now shifted. That whole mission was to make sure that I could serve as many um, women in need having uh, multiple uh, health problems. And I ended up focusing really strongly into women's health and hormones at that time as Mm -hmm. I was. Um, you know, kind of navigating through the end years of my nutrition business, but it really started to translate into, I wanted to help other health practitioners to do the same things that I was doing um, in their businesses, but without all of that frustration and the time and energy, and my goodness, the money that I ended up spending, trying to teach myself Mm -hmm. uh, everything there was to, to know about being a business owner and digital marketing and it, it all just became so overwhelming um, and took me a really long time. So it was actually one of my last nutrition clients that I, I took while I was still running the the nutrition practice and it was a nutrition student who was ready to to venture out into her own business and by the end of our session she said you know can I can I just pick your brain for a minute and I thought oh gosh here we go the picking of brain (laughs) always right (laughs) but as she started firing these questions at me it was like can you kind of give me a few tips on how to get going running the business side of things and as we started talking I felt a a new fire or energy build that I hadn't felt for a little while after having run, you know, multiple uh, fitness and nutrition businesses at that point for several years. Uh, So that was my aha moment that I knew what I I needed to do next. And that was to make that shift permanently from from, uh, serving the health seeker to then serving the health practitioner who wanted to go into business for themselves. And more importantly, and more in my wheelhouse at that time was then uh, online business. So fast forward uh, four or five years from that point, and here we are. So now I am a holistic brand strategist and copywriter and business mentor for other health business owners and wellness entrepreneurs.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a amazing story and journey you've gone on. I totally know what you mean about kind of having that entrepreneurial bug and like, you can't go back to a nine to five after mm-hmm. you've done this for so long. And um, yeah, I have no plan B too. I totally know what you mean. I'm all in on this. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and jump right into the episode. I guess before you cover the five reasons for a lack of income, I know that one of the first things kind of health business owners and really business owners in general should be doing is establishing a solid foundation for their business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it sounds like you agree with that. So (laughs)
1: wholeheartedly. Yes. Yeah. And from experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a very important first step. So what kind of how, how could somebody sort of get started with that and, and getting started with a solid foundation?
1: So, um, yeah, like you said, like, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. And as like a new health practitioner, whether you're a health coach or nutritionist, fitness trainer, whatever your modality or modalities are, you're, you're just in that, that primary building a foundation phase of your business. And that's after you've shifted from the mindset of, yes, I'm this uh, health practitioner, but you also have a business owner's hat to put on, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's just that's number one is making that that mindset shift. And then you go into the building a foundation phase. But just because you're in that phase, you you've kicked off, maybe you've, you've got your um, business name, and maybe you've even bought a domain for a website. And you know, just those those basic things that everyone's telling you, you need to have right off the bat, this may not like translate into dollars right Right. away because it's not going to be that scenario. Okay. You've got your certification or your diploma or, you know, your degree, then you throw up the website, you get the Facebook page, you get your Instagram account, then you open the doors for business and boom you've got clients <laughs> lined up at your door it just it honestly just does not work that way. I thought it worked that way, but <laughs> yeah many many years later it doesn't, and you really have to be in it for the long game, okay right. I totally so, agree <laughs> yeah yeah it it is a long game, so unless you're willing to play it, you might want to re think it. And I know that might just seem harsh and, and kind of a a, a bit abrupt, but that's, if I could just sum it all up, that's, that's what it is. You got to play the long game. So, um, this kind of thinking that, that has to permeate your, your every mindset when you're just starting out. And it did, it took me a good year to really get rolling, uh, with my own nutrition consulting business. So it was a whole year before I finally figured out, who exactly i wanted to serve and i i told you that i ended up focusing in women's health but more specifically Mm -hmm. in women's hormones um but i i really need to figure those pieces out so who i wanted to serve how i wanted to serve them and kind of niche down uh really dug deep into my ideal client that i then started to become aligned with my business and my brand so you know by the time uh, you've created that solid foundation, just those little bits and pieces. Cause we're kind of fast forwarding. Like Julie said to, you've already been in business, maybe six months to a year, maybe even two years for some, and you've put in that time and the energy to be consistently showing up in your business, mm-hmm. including a solid marketing plan. So that's going to be establishing a strong digital presence. And that's even if you've got an offline or kind of clinical practice going on, brick and mortar, uh, you still need to have a digital presence, even if yes. you've got an offline business. Yes, and totally so agree. Say you're doing that, and you're showing up where your target audience or your ideal client hangs out. Maybe you're offering them those, you know, high value free resources. Everybody loves their free stuff. <laughs> And uh, maybe you've even like begun or you've gone ahead and done it. You've created your signature program. And Julie, I know you're all about that too. You've got a lot of resources around creating your signature health program.
0: Yes, I think it's such an important step for for health business or <laughs> health business owners to take. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get caught up in thinking that we have to provide one on one coaching or one on one services, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. sometimes creating that program or the membership or a course can be, especially if you're an online business owner, can be mm-hmm. a really powerful way to reach more people and you know also increase your income.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So thinking outside the box for sure. So, um, you know, as long as you've created that foundation mm-hmm. and you've got some sort of marketing plan in place, then you should, and I'm doing air quotes here, <laughs> but you should start to see profitability take place, having those two main like foundational points. But again, this is, this is coming from experience. What if you're not seeing any profit after the first year you you really do think you've got all your boxes checked. you've listened to all the marketing gurus you have followed all the right people on on uh, socials but what if you are not only not seeing any profit after the first six months one year maybe even two years and what if you're losing money yeah. what if it's costing you more for your you know your your mailchimp and your, you know, and, and and the this and that, and all those little monthly costs—they really dig into the budget. And so, what if you're not seeing net profit?
0: Right, so, people are going to be right?
1: nervous. I'm sure, wondering is, if this is for them. Absolutely. And if you haven't already questioned it a million times, like I did in the first yeah. year, and. <laughs> on more than one occasion, if you had a walked into my home office, you would have seen me in the corner crying, sucking my thumb, but whatever, <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty standard for those who are running this type of business on their own from home. You are filled with self-doubt at, yeah. at, at every turn. It's, it's human nature, really. Right. Um it, so, it definitely in, happens, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then imposter syndrome that sneaks in, and oh, yeah, I have run through the gamut, let me tell you. So, in my own experience, and then even in like the experiences, or maybe it's the insights that I've had in my own um, business coaching and then my personal brand mentoring clients, I, I kind of called it down to five main reasons why this could be happening to you and why this is happening to many, many, if not the majority, I don't, I don't mean to generalize, but the majority of health practitioners in these first kind of critical years of getting their, their businesses up and running.
0: That's so, great. Cause that's going to really save people some time. And I know, instead of I'm going gonna... through the whole list of everything that could be <laughs> going wrong, we could just focus on these five things and really like see some growth in our business. Cause I'm sure that's what listeners are really wanting yeah. So, what's kind of the first reason that a health business owner might not be making enough money?
1: Well, the first, um, and it it didn't strike me—that's for sure. It was an absolute afterthought. I thought it needed to be th- at the very bottom of the priority list. In fact, I think I still have a written list somewhere. If I were to go and scour <laughs> through my office, I'm sure it is written down somewhere of priorities to you know get your business started. Um, I thought like social media and an email list. So kind of your, your followers, your people, your community. I thought, oh, I need to do everything else besides nurturing and engaging. Mm-hmm. And I actually hadn't even started an email list. So yeah. I realized that so many months later and I thought, I didn't realize that email marketing was so important. I thought it was going from an offline business to an online business. I thought it was all about social media, but it was really all about just getting those kind of vanity metrics, just getting my numbers up, my follower numbers. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think to actually talk with them. Uh, Right, you're kind (laughs) of talking at them. (laughs) Talking at them. Here, read read my post, but then I don't really want to talk to you (laughs) any further than that. And then, hmm, if I have an email list, how am I even going to say to them again? The small email list that I would have had at the time was just well. Hey, let's be honest, it was just friends and family at the time they were on. Yeah, my, <laughs> and it, again, it was just talking at them. I didn't feel like I was truly engaging with them. It was maybe I had written a blog post. Here's the link to it. Great, thank you. Read it. Um, so that was a big aha moment that I, I didn't have honestly until I, well into me trying to uh get my nutrition business up and going and wondering why when I did put a blog post out there, <laughs> no one was reading it, no one was engaging with it. Right. And this was one of the reasons why, and if people aren't engaging with your your content, the resources that you are putting out there, um you aren't uh, it's because you aren't doing a good enough job of really trying to push that I, I know your listeners have heard this the no like and trust mm-hmm. factor and that last word right there trust if you aren't putting your content out there in such a way and of course that's going to be via nurturing your social media followers and your your email subscribers then they aren't in turn going to trust you And if they don't trust you, you don't have a business. Again, that is, that's like, I don't mean to make that so blunt. So important. Oh yeah, I agree. But people do business with people and people buy. So they buy your services, they buy your products, they buy your programs from people who they trust. So people to people first and then people who they ultimately trust. So, that was one thing that, uh, that I really had an aha moment in my own business, and I've certainly seen it in, in many of my clients' businesses. So nurturing your social media followers and uh, getting that list started and getting your, your ideal clients on your list and making sure you are also nurturing your list. You can't just put them on the list and then they never hear from you again.
0: Right. So what are some good ways that somebody can go about nurturing their email list and really building that connection and trust? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe just some tips on, on how to write really compelling emails or social media posts that people are going to connect with.
1: Mm -hmm. Again, it's exactly what we said earlier. Don't talk at them, talk, Mm -hmm. talk to them, share with them, let them, um, into your own life obviously you don't have to splash your own personal business and and life story out there but your people your community they want to know more about the person behind the business behind the brand and you know what for health practitioners, health business owners that is what our brand is I mean mm-hmm. the, let, let's let's not try and uh, use the word we all the time like we're this great big, team or conglomerate (laughs) it's usually just us you might have somebody helping you out with certain things you might be outsourcing parts of your business of course but at the end of the day you're it you are the face of that brand whether you've called it in my case it was making lemonade but I still made darn sure everybody knew the, who this lemonade <laughs> lady was, you know, and, and so now, of course, when you brand as your own name, then that becomes your, your job becomes easier, but nonetheless, they really need to know who that real person is. So sharing bits and pieces of your own experiences, sharing your own story, uh, sharing real life examples and sharing valuable content that addresses their pain points, That's Mm -hmm. what it really comes down to it because ultimately when your people engage with you, whether it's via a social media post, whether it's via one of your videos, perhaps you're, you're, you're dabbling in live streaming right now, or it's through a blog post or something that you've emailed out to them, which I'll just back that up and say being consistent with your emails. Again, you can't email twice in one month and then not email them again for another six months, right? You have to be on their radar with people's inboxes being flooded with dozens and dozens of messages um, daily. You have to be somebody that stays in their mind. And that is certainly a way you can do that because a lot of times your posts are getting, Uh, push down their feeds, or it's just not hitting their, their radar for one reason or another. So email is a great way to stay ever present in their mind. And it is totally true that um, you need to be delivering valuable content. And so the way to do that, again, is to be addressing their pain points, because whenever they interact with you, they're asking themselves, what's in it for me? It's mm-hmm. not, oh, I just, I love knowing more <laughs> about you, you, you and what you're offering and what you're trying to sell me. No, they're going to turn that around and say, hmm, okay, that's interesting. But what do I get out of it? Right. So if you can continuously be answering that question on some level or another with nearly every piece of your content, um, then they are going to be happy. And when they're happy, they're going to uh, want to follow you and when they follow you and that you continue to put out this kind of content for them, again, whether that's in a social media post or through an email or a blog post or one of your guest blog posts, they know that you are um, speaking to them directly and you have their their needs in mind.
0: Yes, exactly. And it's, it's so important. I totally agree with you. Like everything you create, especially like social media, email list growth, making sure you get that personal connection because you really are building a personal brand as a health business owner mm-hmm. is going to be really helpful. And not just talking all about yourself, but really connecting your story and your journey to your ideal client's pain points
1: is just like a great way to go about doing that. Yeah. So at the end of that is uh, being consistent in when you're posting, what mm-hmm. you're posting. Don't just disappear. Uh, you need to be top of mind for them because, again, as a health business owner and as a wellness entrepreneur, the, the, mar- the market's not getting less saturated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so definitely. we have to find uh, more and more ways to allow us to have kind of a leg up. And the only way we're ever going to be able to do that is just by showing up consistently, regularly. And you know you don't always have to be bigger, better, more flashy. You just have to be more of you and they n- need to see it as frequently as, as possible. So mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Showing so start, up as yourself. Exactly. And so also start your list today. Don't do what I did and <laughs> think, oh my gosh, <laughs> I have nothing to say to them. Um, you'll figure it out and you'll figure out what their needs are and how you're going to come up with the resources and the content that that fulfills that need and yes. makes them feel like you really deeply understand who they are and what they need so right just get started imperfect
0: mm-hmm. action is great and you'll improve as you go <laughs> that's mm-hmm. kind of how how
1: I always like to to go about things. Yeah, exactly. So that was the first major (laughs) uh aha thing that I have. And so then the second thing, which we, we kind of just dabbled all over was (laughs) the fact that you're not creating that kind of fresh content on a regular basis that speaks to your target audience. And addresses their pain points and I'll give you, um, I can giggle at it now, but at the time it's, it's really just like shaking my head, rolling my eyes. I guess if you, if you could see me because when I first started, um, my transition from offline to online uh, nutrition consulting business. I thought, oh, what better way to start getting some, you know, a digital presence and, and some online content out there and kind of start making a, a name for myself in the online space uh, than to start a blog. Mm-hmm. Well, going to be honest. I actually didn't have a clue what a blog was. <laughs> I just thought, well, aren't you supposed to be blogging? And right. I remember my husband saying, but what is a blog? And I couldn't honestly answer it. <laughs> so, Just like, I know I need to do this. This is what yeah, people say to do. So yeah, it's I what am. people say to do. <laughs> uh, and so I started it. And at that time, that's how the name Making Lemonade came to be. That was the name of my oh. blog, which then, of course, became my business name, my, my nutrition consulting online business name. And it really became a, a brand. I, I really built everything around that. Um, but at the time of starting that blog, so talk about, I, I thought I was creating plenty of content. I was just writing and I love to write. Whereas most people, ugh, they just look at me <laughs> with, are you crazy? You love to write? Um, so hence being a professional writer, it could just kind of worked for me. Right. But it's a natural fit for you. It it really is. It really is. And that's why other people say, okay, great. <laughs> if you love to write, I hate to write, <laughs> I'll pay you to write. So it was, uh, it was a match made in heaven for that. But, um, at that time I thought, okay, it's just going to be a women's health blog. But <laughs> what I didn't realize was I didn't dial in as to who exactly I was talking to. I basically just said it was all women who might be experiencing some sort of health problem of some sort. And so (laughs) I didn't know exactly who they are, other than they were women with a health problem. They could have been 20 years old with a health problem. They could have been 60 years old. I was going to just talk to everybody. And uh, so therefore, because I didn't know my ideal audience, I didn't know what specific pain points they might have. Um, And so again, in my mind, it was just, I'm a woman. I have pain points. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My blog posts at that time and then any other content I was creating, like things that I, I again, I look back at the things that I was posting on Facebook. Oh, it's just beyond random. So I was <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> I It was all over the map. And then I wondered why no one was reading it. Right. So, you know, that really comes back to, to my own experience. And of course, I've gone on to, to mentor other practitioners in, all of these uh, years since then and I'm able to just basically say don't do what I did (laughs) So I always come from a place of what not to do first and foremost so that that second reason why you may not be you know making the money or it starts with getting the clients that you want is that you're not creating that valuable content with your audience in mind because it's not resonating with them or anyone and you're just not answering their big questions. So, right. I know I you like my own blog posts, but content can really include your own blog posts. Uh, you might be guest blogging for other people's blogs or or um another uh website owner. Um you might be doing videos, you might be doing downloadable or printable like resource sheets that you're putting out there. This might be in your social posts and of course, content is podcasts like what we're mm-hmm. doing it's it's a great way to create a whole lot of really valuable content in a chunk of audio and it, it really is a, a winning combination for content and sort of digestibility because if you think about it people again are just on information overload and we're also pretty strapped for time so reading a two three four thousand words uh, blog post isn't exactly in people's favor these days so yeah. One- really popular for that reason and you can
0: you can play to your strengths too so like you said you really like writing so Mm -hmm. blogging is sort of natural to you but Mm -hmm. to somebody like me who maybe doesn't like writing quite as much like podcasts are great and that's why I love doing it or maybe somebody loves showing up on video there's so many different ways to create content and they're all valuable in their own way Um, But really what you said at the core of it is really knowing who your niche is and speaking to them the whole time, creating content just for them.
1: Exactly. Don't create content just for the sake of creating content. (laughs) You know, it's like that little message that every now and then you'll get on Facebook. You haven't shared a post with your audience in a while. Perhaps (laughs) you should share, you know, don't share just for the sake of sharing. Make sure it's targeted, focused, and has a purpose, right? So, yeah. Um, So that's that second piece. And I'll just add to that just while we're on it. And Mm -hmm. because you said, I, you know, I like writing. So blog writing makes sense to me and writing for other people who would like to be putting written blogs out there or other written content. And I also write other people's uh, websites, their web copy, kind of their core web pages, again, because it's just not in their wheelhouse. They don't have time, whatever those reasons are, that uh, it's just not going to, To happen um, for them but I would also say you want to embrace repurposing your content so if you've got a written blog post we'll go (laughs) ahead and use that as a script for a video or a script for an audio piece or vice versa if you've done an audio piece like a podcast um, you might want to flick on your video and there you've got some nice video footage of it, or you can have it transcribed and there you've got some really nice written content. So there's just so many, idea. yeah, so many different ways. So <laughs> I, I just wanted to to make sure that that was out there now, not repurposing your content. I, of course you could say that that's indirect, indirect, to a reason why you're not maybe magnetizing the right people and therefore not um, gaining more of your ideal client on kind of on your uh, getting booked out with clients. Uh, but but it, it actually does because if you're not reaching your people with content that they feel like you understand them mm-hmm. and their pain points and you have, have created and you've presented solutions to them well that's not magnetizing them to you and therefore that's no clients and therefore that uh, is no money <laughs> yeah right that's no good we don't want that yeah. at all <laughs> yeah exactly so um we're not starting our our health businesses as a hobby at least the, the majority of us aren't and and i hope that's another mindset shift that you've embraced is that this is this is for reals this is uh, you're a business owner You're a health practitioner and um, you're ready to make it real.
0: And that's where we're going to wrap things up for today's podcast episode. And I will be back in two weeks with Krista for part two of this podcast episode, where we're going to cover the other three reasons that you may not be making as much money as you would like in your business as a health business owner. So Um, definitely make sure you come back and listen to that episode because there's a lot more knowledge that Krista shares in there and it's an amazing episode. So I especially love what she says at the end of that one and we'll get into that soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, show notes, and to learn more about working with me, head to jewelsdesign.co. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a couple minutes to head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you're not already, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, sending lots of love and support, and I'll see you next week.